Welcome to Rooster and the Villain. We used to be Rooster and the Devil. We've been on the been on the air podcast waves here for about two years, uh, mostly Premier League talk, and now we haven't done an episode in forever. I think July. So, welcome, um, Alex. Why don't you introduce yourself to the Rooster and the Devil or Rooster and the Villain listeners? <laughs> you got to change that name, man. I know, I know. I was so used to it. It was two years of it, and then he changed yeah. to a Villa supporter. Yeah, Jimmy. We all kind of pick the people we support, you know. <laughs> I've got that. I've got that Chelsea kit in the closet, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so uh, my name is Alex. I'm from uh, Hartford County, Maryland, and um, I currently am leading the uh, Old Bay Brigade for the Maryland Bobcats supporter group um, in the NISA League. Um, I'm also a pretty fervent um, U.S. men's national team supporter, women's national team supporter. Um, I'm not super into Premier League. That's um, fine. Adjacent, wrong with that. Adjacent, I've I've um, managed to suck up a couple of Chelsea kits, um, but don't but really. So, so you spend play. the majority of your soccer watching time watching what the the national teams. But do you watch lower league soccer as well, or is it mainly yeah, so national? I've gotten more into lower league soccer in the past couple of months, years, um, just because the national stuff isn't always around to watch. Sure. And hell, let's be real with the way the U.S. teams were playing coming up into the past couple of months. Um, they weren't going places to watch. Yeah, yeah. All well, right, so let's let's backtrack a little bit. Can can you tell me? what your involvement was with soccer as a child. And then like, you know, the story of just you, your personal journey with soccer thus far in your life. So, um, I grew up playing, uh, rec and then in high school went into playing, uh, junior varsity and varsity level soccer in my local high school. Um, when I got out of high school, I was definitely not good enough to play for a college team. Um, so I kind of tried my hand at other sports. I played rugby. I played ice hockey. Um, I did a little bit of swimming, lacrosse, all those things. All right. I what have position were you in high school? Um, I played in goal and I also was on the front line for a while. Gotcha. That's what you love that, uh, that glitch kit too in, in goal there. Uh, a, a large man, um, has its, has its, uh, pluses and minuses in the end on the front line when you can throw your shoulders around. That's true. That's true. And it also uh, so, collected me quite a few cards. So you played in high school and then were you like a, a premier league supporter college or. or um, yeah. Was just, at just that point? Casual watching with friends. Um, my, my best friend has always been a Chelsea supporter. Um, so I just kind of, became part of that watching that league. Um, other than that really was just national team stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So fast forward to actually, what are some of your early national team memories now that we're, we're on that subject? Because there's a lot of good ones. In my opinion, I think USMNT, regardless of what the internet says, has actually been fairly successful. Yeah, knockout rounds and most of the World Cups were in a final eight. What what are people expecting? They've yeah. done great. I, I mean, I think here 
in the States, <clears throat> what I've noticed watching international soccer, meeting guys that are from other countries, especially in some of the lower league stuff I've experienced, you run into a lot. The, the American thought process is we're quote unquote best at everything. Why are we not best at this? And the bottom line is this is a world game. We were not the ones that came up with this. We were not the ones that set the first foot down uh, to to be so frank. So yeah. we're not going to always be the best, and that's just how it works. That is just how it works. So, And a lot of that has to do with our lower league soccer development yeah. academies. We don't develop any talent. There's no pipeline in America until uh-huh. this current crop of national team players, I would argue. I liken it to Parfum County, Maryland, for, for anyone who's listening that knows this area that I'm from. Um, about 30 minutes north of Baltimore, um, the, the, the areas of the County that have rec programs had top flight high school teams had excellent programs going in. So their kids that went onto the field, knew each other, played with each other. Whereas my high school was in an area that was lower funded no rec program. So we went into high school ball meeting people for the first time huh. and we get to our first match and the other team all knows each other super well. And we're just kind of like sewing that shit together in real time. Yeah. I mean, it takes a while to build chemistry. Of course, yeah. of course. So I grew up in uh, Jersey and there was like, our high school soccer was very good. And then we had a club scene too. So I mean, definitely a soccer area up in Northern Jersey there. More than yeah. I'm noticing here in Maryland, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. And then I like I, I like I said, I liken that to the U.S. system. We don't have that system of promotion relegation. The best go up, the the lowers go down, and then everybody has to continue to push forward. So we are pulling people from these. Like, let's be real. Compare MLS to any other country's top flight, and we are chopped liver, man. I mean, I was just telling my wife about she did not care at all. I was just yapping about <laughs> U.S. soccer to her. And I was talking about the size of our country and the size of our league and how if you fracture the country into those, what, 30 MLS teams, we're mining such a little amount of talent from the entire country. Whereas like a country like like uh, Britain, where you have hundreds of teams throughout five levels of soccer, or even more than that, all able to work up so you like from all these little tiny regions, they have the hope to rise up in the leagues and they have the desire to then mine talent in their local area. It's just, the game is broken in America is a little bit of a sad fact. I mean, let's be real. Is it broken? If it was never put together, Mm. it's, it's still in pieces. The puzzle hasn't been put together yet. Yeah. And I I think that's that's what brings us together. Pieces. we've got lower league soccer. We've got, even lower league soccer that can be built upon. We've got league two. We've got league one. Now at the bottom of the table, at the end of the MLS season, sorry, man, here you go. Here's league two. Honestly, so many of those teams deserve, they deserve to be out of the top tier. Chicago consistently horrible. New England before this year, one could argue that they could could have gone down several years there. Obviously, now they're having a fantastic season. But like, who are some of the other teams that are just never good in MLS? Yeah, there's a few. I also feel like there's a bit of 
it's a little bit of us supporters. I mean, there are some just blood, sweat, and tears supporters out there that will put the crest on their body and wear it no matter what. Um, but like, think about American football. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. They lose everybody and their grandma wants to just rake them through the dirt. Yeah. That's how people think. So like, okay, well, like it would be like if at the end of the season I said, well, Bobcats didn't finish top of the table. Let's go find a new club. Yeah. Yeah. But like you show up, you continue to scream, you continue to cheer and you look and you see the things that that team is. You see the growth. You see like that's that's the coolest thing about lower league anything. I've made pretty close. I, I've made some close ties with um, the people that are in the cross enders way, which is the supporter group for Marine FC. Hmm. And, Who is a partner with Maryland Bobcats yeah. for any. Uh, yeah. So so when we, and the villain listeners, when there. that twinning occurred, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, let's try to bond this a bit. Let's create yeah. something here. They are so just blood, sweat, and tears. That crest is on them forever. And it it's, doesn't matter if they're at the top of the table, if they're killing it, or if they're at the bottom in the dirt. That's the beauty of regional soccer like that. And yeah. it's cool that Tottenham played them in FA Cup because yeah. I have a very fresh memory of Marine and that 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 pitch that apparently was tilted on one side yes. and houses lining literal townhouses it's, lining one side the of the pitch. most English looking cool I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and there's one, and I don't know who it is, but there's a club in Nisa who has their, it, it might be, well, sorry, yeah. club in USL. Oh, I know. I think Detroit it might City. be worth. Keyworth has houses along one side. I'm like, damn right. That's an English soccer pitch. Keyworth is a high school pitch, right? Yes. It's a football. It's a football field. That's interesting. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I really would love to deep dive into Detroit city right now. And maybe that's just the natural direction of this thing. Although we could talk about old Bay brigade and you know, it was, Maybe let's go there first. Let's go into old Bay Brigade and then we'll get into Detroit city. Um, so I showed up to a game last week, Wednesday for the first time I've, I've been supporting the Bobcats virtually for, you know, I always retweet them on our Twitter account and I follow the Bobcats game. I've seen a couple of games on TV. I didn't know if I didn't know if I considered myself one of the old Bay Brigade official supporters, but I think I'm there after last Wednesday cause it was, <laughs> Uh, a bit of a sad situation on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Three of us. We'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, I would say that I appreciated how much energy you and James brought and it made the game fun for me. I think if I would have sat there and it was just completely silent and you guys weren't there, I might not have gone to a Bobcats game yeah. again, but because you guys were screaming and yelling and obviously into the game and the team, like how I felt like I wanted to be, it gave me, encouragement. Um, but how do we grow it? Is yeah. <laughs> the, the biggest question, but, but tell me about your experience. Cause you've gotten every single game this season, right? Yes. Uh, all but the Halloween Eve game. Cause I was out of town with family. So to go back to the beginning, the 1904 match at the start of the season, 
Um, so I'm a teacher. Um, I've made some really close friends in education. Um, one of my closest friends that I've met in the past couple of years, his name is Kevin. You'll probably get to meet him this coming Wednesday. Um, not a big, not a big sports fan. Um, and he reached out to me and he was like, you know what? You're a big fan. Why don't we go see a game of some type you pick? And I was like, I'm like searching online. I'm like, there's this club. It's a, it's an independent pro soccer league team called the Maryland Bobcats. I've never heard of them before. Um, they're playing against team San Diego. The tickets are 10 bucks a piece. What, what can we lose? So I'm like thinking in my head. Pro soccer, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there. There's going to be a crowd. Right. So we roll up. We've got a cooler with our drinks. We're standing <laughs> out in the parking lot at the MD Soccerplex. And I probably shouldn't say this out loud because I'm sure it's not legal. That's nah, all right. All right. We're standing yeah. drinking. And I'm looking around and I'm like, Kevin, there's no other people in this parking lot. And I was like, there's nobody else here. And I'm like, it's, an, it's 30 minutes till game time. Like, what's happening? And I look over. And I see a tent and I walk up to the tent and it's some people sitting around. I'm like, Hey, like, is this the Bobcats match? And they were like, yeah. I said, where is everybody? They said they're in the parking lot. And I was like, the parking lot's empty. They're like, the parking lot's on the other side. Uh, so I'm like, ah, okay. Phew. So All right. <laughs> we get to the other side of the arena and it's not crowded, but uh-huh. it's, it, there's a, a good amount of people. We get inside and I'm like, okay, so this is not what I expected. And we sat there and we watched the game and immediately Kevin and I noticed that the other team, San Diego 1904, who was at the bottom of the table, their names were peeling off their kits. Oh, I heard this. Numbers were mismatched. And I was like, you know what? Thinking with the the college brain, I said, you know, back in college, we used to pick out things about the players (laughs) and go after those things and see what see what we could we could catch on to so i said let's see what we can do and kevin and i just started like you heard calling players out hey man your number's peeling off you should fix that that's pretty good insult some of them were furious like stopping and telling the ref to tell us to be quiet instead of playing the game wow some players were loving it laughing and and they should love it it was it was fun. And then I'm looking at the Bobcats side and they were happy and the coaches were laughing. Coach Sam was splitting his sides over there having a good time. And I, I said to Kevin after that match, I was like, you know what? That was the part. The, the, the stadium was was not full. But you know what? Like it looked like this team wanted to be supported. I was struck with the quality on the field Wednesday too. Honestly, I I, I yeah. thought the, I thought the soccer was really good. Yeah, the the like one of the things that I always closely watch is the the side to side crossing. Mm-hmm. A good club and a good set of players can put that ball on the dot, and a player that is not up to snuff can definitely not do that. That is a skill that is honed in years of practice. Right. Hearing that, like most of my in-stadium experiences with the national team. So I'm used to watching a Loud. bunch of drunk college dudes in American flag tuxedos scream at each other. <laughs> exactly. And there's a little bit of there's a little bit of um, 
in some cases, like not all, but there's a little bit of like an, a not, not so genuine aspect about that. It's like, more of a bro. We've talked about this on our podcast before. It's more of like a bro USA. Yeah. So I'm like sitting, I, I fine, but... my fiance recently, cause I'm trying to get her into soccer. We're watching one of the qualifiers. And I can't remember which qualifier it was, but they always zoom in on the people who definitely are not soccer fans. Yes. Like yeah. they zoom in on the drunk guy who Uncle was Sam's blasted, yeah. who was wearing like a, just a t-shirt and shorts. Mm-hmm. Nothing U.S. gear, no crests, nothing. There and were clear got, drunk people at that game last night. Yeah, and which you, we should mention at the time of this recording, we just beat Mexico two nothing. Yeah, man, Dosasero. Let's go, Dosasero. Three Mexico games in a row. Let's at, go, uh, Austin, Texas, go. man. <laughs> so, uh, or Cincinnati. Sorry, Jesus, Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. Cincinnati, Ohio is the promised land for U.S. soccer. It's the first good soccer Cincinnati has seen in its lifetime, I, I think. Yeah, but every time, every time there, it was always coming up that 2-0 mark. So, mm-hmm. like, going in there, goal. At, at my core, and like I said about high school soccer, our team was not good. I think we won two games my senior year of high school. Gotcha. But you know what? At the end of the season, we had each other's backs. And you won two games and, and any support felt like the world of difference. Mm-hmm. And that's ingrained in the center of my chest at all times. So when I went to that stadium that first time, I was like, you know what? This is cool. I like this. Let's do what we can to try to grow this. Right. And be at the base of this. Cause that's the whole thing with grassroots soccer. Yeah. So every game has gotten a little more intimate. Every game has gotten a little more like, like Wednesday, hey, man, you want to come down here and wave these flags with us, make some noise like people are starting to bring to come closer and and join in. And yeah, the people around it loved it. Yeah. So that building is what I'm after. And at the end of the day, like the supportership, that blood, sweat and tears supportership is really like something I love. Sure. I really love that. So, so on Wednesday I went, it was a cold Wednesday night. So not a recipe for that level of soccer to get fans, but you did tell me that there were a few games that were pretty lively at the Plex. Yeah. So which were your favorite games? Um, so Why? that first game against, against 1904 was great. Yeah. Um, the, the, the game last, the game last week was excellent. Um, Great game too. Having one of my best friends, James, my best buddies, James, with me was awesome. Having you join us was awesome. Early goal by the Bobcats going up one yeah, was awesome. Early, they early lead, but absolute banger of a goal. Um, beauty. I, I can't believe I'm going to say it. That four nil loss to Detroit City was pretty damn cool because I went into that thinking, oh, this is just the powerhouse club. Like we're going to walk, sit there and it's going to be silent because we're going to watch them batter us. Destroy. Yeah. Then we sat down and it was probably, I would say it was one of the most attended weekday games of the season. We That's did cool out. And then right before game they time, traveled, right? You said they had about a hundred and something. I watched, I watched, I would say between, uh, I would say somewhere between, 30 to 60 in all rouge 
come down those steps and I was like, son of a bitch. That's cool that though. Like, yeah. I was like, really? From Detroit. Yeah. And, but so, so they also have a DC chapter of the Northern Guard. Gotcha. So it was a bunch of people from DC rolling in. So like I'm sitting there and it's a Wednesday night and I'm with one of my other coworkers and I'm watching these Detroit city Northern guard supporters unroll banners uh. and flags and noisemakers. And I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be a mess. Yeah. It's a home game for them. <laughs> Just before the game. One of my favorite things to do is tweet at the other supporter groups and see if I can pick at them a little bit. You you heard me last game. I love to pick and see what I can do. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys so are right, man. You were going for it. One of my favorite tweets that I've made so far, the best thing to come out of Detroit is Kid Rock. Mm. <laughs> and supposedly, yeah, that's a sore spot for Detroit. <laughs> I got so much hate mail. Um, between ignoring the fact that Motown comes out of Detroit and for the record, I know town is out of Detroit. I know that rhythm and blues and soul music is all out of Detroit. I, I know all those beautiful things that have come out the, of Detroit, but is I Rock even I, from I, Detroit. Isn't he north of Detroit? Yes, he is not from Detroit. And I know that now <laughs> because the NGS was livid. Mm. Um, so going into that, it was really cool to see them because their supporters at the grassroots, they love their club. They love their city. They love to support. And that's the so videos give me goosebumps of watching that, yes. that club well, play. I will say that was also one of my most frustrating days because that was the day that the Maryland soccerplex decided that they no longer wanted to allow us to have flags, drums, noisemakers, or smoke. Oh no. We got our flags back. We got our noisemakers back because one of the posted things at the soccerplex, because it is essentially a rec center for the whole of Montgomery County with a professional stadium in it. Mm. Um, one of the signs is no incendiaries, no, um, firecrackers. And it's so dumb. That ball hit the back of the net for DCFC and that stadium filled with red smoke. Oh, that's cool. In- Good instantly. Good for which that. is so incredible. And it was so cool to see. And it was so upsetting when I was leaving, listening to the security go off about the fact oh. that it happened. They just don't understand. They don't understand soccer. I also made a point to say that man walked past you with a backpack full of full of smoke grenades and you didn't stop him. Right. Yeah, so at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, I get yelled at every time I bring my flag in. And I'm 100 percent not going to hit anybody with it. So let's talk about soccerplex a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like that's honestly a detriment to the Maryland Bobcats playing there because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's a beautiful grass field. It's the prettiest field in the area with that amount of capacity. It's like, what, 4,500 people that could fit in there? And I did catch a – I saw a DC United U.S. Open Cup game there one time, which is pretty fun. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. And if you could draw fans there, it would be awesome. 
Yeah, I think can't draw probably, fans here. I'm I'm almost convinced. I think probably what happened in the thought process of of booking that venue, and I'm sure one of the people that's at the core of it is Evan Ramist, and I love him. Love. Been on the podcast twice. Evan's yeah, the so best. Wonderful the best. guy. It's a capacity of five thousand. I just thought about. I just wanted to pull that up and think about that. But um, that venue draws absolutely massive crowds for sporting events like rec tournaments. Mm. But there's a difference between drawing families for rec tournaments and supporters for a soccer match. Yeah. There's a reason why we were talking about it before. There's a reason why Marine FC has a, 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 a jam packed stand every time because those people's houses are on the opposite side of that stadium wall. Yeah, that's cool. There's a reason why the NGS, the the Northern Guard, hikes down through Keyworth and storms into that stadium every week because that's where they're from. It's a downtown area. I mean, it's not it's not a secret. I also think the the sportsplex. There's no signage or anything for the Bobcats. Like. They are not proud of the Bobcats. They should be proud of the Bobcats. They should promote the Bobcats. You don't see signage anywhere. I play in the rec league on Tuesday nights and there's nothing down there. The only thing, this is the first full real season that Nisa has been in that house. So I'm, I'm hopeful. And this has burned me before. I'm hopeful that there will be signage and there will be, information and there will be flyers and there will be public like public posting. If you think about the rec fields and how full they are and the soccer yeah. complex itself is like 20 fields. And if they, that that's where soccer fans are coming. That's that yeah. they got to reach that somehow. I don't know. Like soccerplex should be helping that out. Cause they want, imagine a badass club promoting their facility. It's just so I pulled into the, the, the stadium, the because it's attached to the field house, the the champion yeah, the, the championship stadium. Yeah. Um, and Hendricks indoor fields in there. Yes. I pulled into the lot one game and I was like, dude, this is awesome. There's like hundreds of cars here. Like this is great. I don't know what changed. This is gonna be awesome. We walked inside and it was empty. Mm. It was literally me and my friend Stu and maybe five other people. And the game kicked off, and that was the crowd in there. Mm. And I like looked around, and I was like, "What's happening?" Then I, I think it's up a Nisa requirement to have a certain amount of capacity in the stadium, but someone could, should probably fact check me on that. But I believe it, that was part of why, yeah, they had to play at Soccerplex instead of yeah. like a Blair High School right downtown, which I think they used to play in in MPSL. The entirety of the Maryland, like Christos FC, Sure Sports. Um, Steel Pulse, shout out to the Pulse, um, mm. shout out to the Charm City Mob as well. But uh, they play at Milford Mill Academy. Um, while they don't have that stringent of a of the numbers, there's got to be somewhere else. You need you need a pub within walking distance that people can start banging a drum down the street on yeah. the way to the games to build. Oh something. yeah, like. Let's be real. I'm never going to support a soccer club without a hot dog restaurant logo on the front of their kit ever again because of Doghouse and the Maryland Bobcats. But like 
I got to travel 25 minutes to get to their sponsorship pub. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I mean, shout out doghouse though. I do love dog. Yeah, 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 for sure. When I go there, I'm, I'm a and big like, fan. Like, let's talk, like we were talking before we started the podcast about those even lower league league clubs at NESL, the, the Christos FC, the steel pulse. Um, those guys have lots of sponsors. Like their game day is like Modelo, Bud Light Seltzer, this local restaurant, this local pub, this local center, this company that wants to talk to you while you're here. You go to the Bobcats game, you've got Denizens Brewing, which is great. You've got Delia's Afro-Latin Cuisine, which is exquisite. Empanadas were fantastic. They've also got – and now it's happened a couple of times where the Bobcats have posted – Oh, at this game, there will be whatever. It was like smoothies and funnel cake or something. I don't care. I'm there to watch the soccer and eat empanadas. But then it didn't show up. I was like, those little things are what's going to plague a team from getting success. Right, right. So I don't know where you you go. I don't know what stadium you post up in. I don't know you you find, but... I hadn't really thought about it beforehand, but yeah, you're not wrong. The, the plex is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, that's, you were shocked to hear me say that I drive an hour and 20 minutes to go to this. Yeah. You and your friends, anyone that is like any of those guys that I've kind of like, like interacted with from the squad, any of the guys on the coaching staff knew that I get in my car at five o'clock to come to a seven o'clock game. They'd probably be like, what, what is, what's this guy's problem? Yeah, but they appreciate it. They really do. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so how, how big is the email list for old Bay Brigade? Would you say like, is there people interested in it? So here's the thing. This is how old Bay Brigade happened. Um, Dan, I'm Creel, aware of some of the history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dan Creel from the Knights who say Nisa, the, the Nisa podcast through protagonists, um, incredible dudes, him and Dan Vaughn, John Howard Fosco, they do incredible stuff. Um, so I went to my first match, the 1904 match. And after the match, I'm online and I like found old Baber game. I'm like, Hey man, like next match, we got to get together. And he was like, you know what? I, I saw you, you were excited. You were loud. I'm not really that kind of person. I just started it because I wanted them to have a supporter group. Do you want to take over this account? Oh, that's cool. That's it. And that's huh. what happened. And I took over the account. And I took over the mailing list. And talking to some of the guys on the mailing list, it's like guys that live in San Diego and guys who love independent soccer, love the club, but are not local. Gotcha. Huh. And part of what I've been trying to figure out, and I've been talking to Charm City Mob, the Pulse, NGS, these other, the the Chatta Gooner, uh, I can't, I don't, yeah, you know, from <laughs> true name off the top of my head from 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 Twitter. Um, how do I go about find like reaching people, building it other than Twitter and Instagram? finding people that want to be involved. How do I reach out to more people? So that's been my kind of quest through yeah. all this. 
because this is new to me. Every I, I'm I'm a member it, of the American I, Dan, so Dan Creel at one point. I've been on the mailing list. I've known <laughs> about the Bobcats before Nisa. Like I've been following yeah. the club for two ish years, something like mm-hmm. that. But he wrote an email out through the mailing list. Is like, oh, is anybody willing to take this over? And um, I don't know. I just like I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I didn't yeah. have the time. I've got two young kids. Yeah. Just. But I always think about it, like, how do you build a supporters group? I, I have no idea, and I, I was scared of that. So I wasn't going to volunteer yeah. to, to run the supporters group either. I had all these lofty, lofty thoughts of like big crowds and smoke grenades and drums. And then I was like, Oh, there's three oh. of us. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe some sort of meetup. I, I know you've tried that on Twitter before yeah. in my head. I was thinking like a beer garden with multiple breweries could draw a crowd from like the beer drinking place. But then I'm also like the crowd's not big enough for the breweries to want to come. So it's chicken and the egg a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to help the uh, help the cause in some ways, but here it's we are making connection and knows how to do this. Help a, help a guy out yeah. if anyone's listening. And just come to games. It's fun. It was yeah. really fun to just support the club and support lower league soccer. And yeah. and, and and I think you, Nice is a great league. And what's happening with Detroit City leaving? I hope it doesn't affect the league in general. Yeah. And I hope Maryland Bobcats ha- actually this is the start of a long journey for the club and and maybe it is we don't know yeah and like my big thing i love the sport i love to watch but i also love to just be loud and obnoxious and supportive i am a i am a orioles fan die hard i'm a ravens fan die hard i'm a caps fan die hard i love that kind of thing that's just my thing and I've always been that way. I'm I like I've said before about like being invested in clubs, being spirited about these clubs. I love that. If I can find people who just love the sport and want to come watch good sound soccer. Cool. Great. You don't have to be crazy and loud. If you want to show up and be crazy and loud, and you know, you don't know diddly squat about soccer. Cool. Great. Come on out. We'll teach you. We'll learn. Yeah. You'll love the game as soon as you start watching it because it is, in my opinion, the best game there is. I, I grew up yeah. a huge basketball fan. I grew into a football fan in college. And then somewhere in my mid-20s, I said, I love soccer. I love everything about it. It's my favorite thing to watch. It's the only sport That's I watch anymore, honestly. The intensity of it, the buildup, the support behind it. the Like that Pulisic goal last night. 60th oh minute. There's so much game before that. And Mexico had so many good chances. First half was chances on both sides. Great zero zero. And then uh Pulisic scoring at, you know, after an hour of buildup, really, it was just so, but I honestly, was going around my basement. Like, it's ridiculous. My first ever USMNT or USMT match was in Baltimore, the gold cup in, 2015 maybe i went to that same um, gold cup 2015 was it? el salvador i think mm. so i remember getting there and we're driving in and it's me and james that you met and our buddy Stu, and we're in the car and none of us had been to a u.s match before we have our kits on that we just bought because we wanted to blend in 
And we get on to we get off a of 95 on exit. What is it? 35 to go to the stadium. Uh-huh. And we hit that stop traffic. And uh-huh. every car, as far as you could see, had the El Salvador flag flying from it. Dang. And I looked at them and I was like, what in the hell is happening right now? We pull into the stadium. We're walking down Utah Street. We turn on to Russell and it's blue. It's El Salvador kits. Solid the whole way up. Which and, let me just quickly mention that that away night in this World Cup qualifier looked majestic. Yes, like that away stadium looked like a very yeah. hard place to play. Yeah, Beautiful. and I'm like looking at my friends, and I'm like, "Is it?" I was like, "We're in Baltimore, right?" And I'm like doing research on my phone. I'm like, "Oh, there's a huge El Salvadoran population in DC." I'm like, Rock "This is yes." So we roll inside. They're like, there's the wildest stuff. There's people making classic El Salvadorian cultural food. There's cultural music playing. And I'm like, this is wild. Like you walk into an El Salvadorian home game. The love for the sport was incredible. And we were in the last row of the top section at center field. And I watched that arena of all blue. And then that one section of red, white, and blue in the end zone with the American Outlaws. Oh yeah, the Outlaws. I'm never, I'm never not gonna be down there ever again. Huh. Because that stadium bounced like a like a basketball when they when El Salvador scored that game. Huh. It ended up being, I want to say, five one. That was the game where Landon Donovan got hit in the head with the pair of uh, sunglasses and threw him on before he kicked the corner kick. <laughs> I. I don't remember that part, but I saw the same tournament in Cuba and we beat him up like uh-huh. six nothing by halftime already. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that was, I was, I was tailgating pretty heavy at that one. Yeah. But I was one of the bros at that point. My, my interest in soccer was pretty low. I always loved the national team and I did always catch like world cup games, but I went bro. I, I threw a flag over my, my neck and then I started watching the U.S. Yeah. national team from there. And then that's how, like, through the World Cups, I started to fall in love with soccer, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's – that the the supportership, no matter what, is really, like, what brings me into, into the soccerplex. It brought me to the Bobcats, like, just founding a club, saying, like, oh, okay – these guys deserve support. The that crew of guys on that sideline, Coach Sam and his coaching crew are invested. I, yeah, so let, let's let's talk about the players a little bit more because you know the roster better than I do. Yeah. So so yeah, tell me tell me about the Bobcat and, and players uh, on the field. Like who do you like? And yeah. so I have now been to all these home matches except for one. Um, these guys are pretty damn good. Um, it's impressive. They've impressed me pretty much every game. Um, and they're resilient. They fight and it's both figuratively and literally, I might add, which is some of my favorite part. I love that they get chippy enough that they're angry. Like you always tell me about like the last parts of every single game you've seen is always like a big, there's always like barring on a fist fight. Yeah. And I'm going to be real with you. If I'm going to have a fist fight with anybody, I'm going to have Javon Dawkins on my side. <laughs> I'm going to have him backing me up. He's a big dude. Richard Forca is going to swing and it's oh, going to be awesome. 
I like I liked what Forco was doing at the ge- the only game that I saw. He's I a shutdown he back guy. Between and he, I, I love the way he moved up the field too. I thought he was. Uh, he was yeah, he was on top a lot. Yeah. Jake Dangler playing that back there. He's a big dude. He's huge. he was he was the 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 player I was most impressed with. I thought I thought the defense in general was very solid against the Force, which is number two on the table, so it's a harder yeah. game. But Jake in particular was composed throwing long balls out there that were yeah. super impressive. And I'm pretty sure he, he has one of the more decorated backgrounds, right? He's a former yeah. USL guy. He uh, also, came- uh, and I told him I'm going to have to get my, my nephew is 13 and love soccer. I'm going to have to bring him out to see the Baltimore blast. He plays for the Baltimore blast in the indoor league as well, which is, is in, uh, Royal farms. Yeah. Or no, uh, Towson university. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. But like Oddly enough, I like just Farms. drove through Towson for the first time in my life yesterday. Huh. God's yeah. The offense. Yeah. The, so, so the, the attack had some problems from what I could tell, not creating very many chances. What I've seen, the midfield moves it up real nice, real clean. Um, once it gets to the front line, it's been flat. Um, and that was the, the big thing in the middle of the season, the, all of the drawing, all the one goal losses, Molly Carpe has been busting his butt up front. Cisse Pele has been running around like a madman. Um, Cisse has, I want to say seven on the season, seven nets on the season. Um, that's, that's Great. Awesome. Then. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. I just saw, saw also, the only game I've caught in person and back from an injury. Gotcha. He's okay. been injured list for, I want to say four or five weeks now. Um, one guy I'd love to see more of that. I loved watching play at home was Taylor gray. Number 47 on the forward line. Um, he's just been interspersed in, especially when CSA was out. Um, big dude, gigantic. Um, can really throw his body around. And I'd like to see, I feel like the set piece stuff could tighten up. Um, and I'd love to see more of that in the coming seasons. Um, Khalid Balagun in the last game rung that second goal home in the 87th minute to tie it up. Their most recent away game was a, was a two, two draw. Oh, uh, Michigan. Um, is that on Lansing, right? Over. Michigan stars. Yeah. Michigan stars. Yeah. But like, yeah. The, the, the shutdown back line has been beautiful. The goalkeeping has been pretty darn stellar. And we'll talk more about that shortly. Yeah. Uh, there's, they've been plagued with injury. Agueta has been out for a while. He's on the injured list, hopefully back next season. You've got Cisse who was out for a long time. Um, this year, the what two K K banjo, right? He's yeah, the, uh, Joe, a, uh, Awesome. Great to watch. That goal, that goal was one of the best goals I've seen uh, this year. Uh, not in, not just in Nice. One timer and from a beautiful ball. I, I don't know who passed that ball to. It was a nice pass. Yeah. One timer. That, that thing should have been dinning it. Dinning the, it. the mental process to know where to hit that. The, the, the placement of where the keeper was to where he said it. Just absolutely pristine. So I feel bad. I hope if the players are listening, uh, calling out specific names, I don't really know. I've only been to one game, so don't feel too bad. I'm just an idiot out here on the podcast. <laughs> just two, 
talking about soccer. <laughs> Two idiots trying if to. Wanna, if you want to build a sub support, idiots talking about soccer. Yeah, <laughs> I deserve to be on that because we started the podcast. I knew nothing. That was the point. I was like, I'm trying to learn about the game. Protagonist just posted that they need new writers. I did see that, and I am. I used to write for NBA actually as a as a side hustle. So. I don't know. I got the three and one year old. They're just dominating my life. It yeah. takes me like 20 minutes to get the one year old in the car seat. So I'm not sure I have all that time. <laughs> to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's been I, I've had a ton of fun watching these guys this year. Um, I've seen some dudes take off. Adam Yangling on the on the front line has started dropping in and really bringing it down. Um, like I said, Balagon. Oh, he came in as a sub against uh, the force, right? Yeah. yeah. And who was the other sub? Do you remember? I can't remember off the top of my. Uh, was it was it Cisse that came in that game? Was he? No, nah, it was a younger guy that came in. I think I believe Cisse started that game. It may have been Khalid that came in. Balagun. That sounds right. That sounds right. I was I was too I was too uh, busy screaming at LA Force players at that point in time. That was yeah. Your See, your friend your did, friend James is is a wild man. Let's just segue perfectly here because I feel like we hit a segue point. So something you and I talked about, and and I did make sure I touched base with with the folks I've met through Bobcats and said like, hey, is this acceptable? It's something I witnessed. So during the LA Force game. Like I said, I love to find players that are reactive to us yelling for them. Like, for instance, a a player on the L.A. Force, Chaney, Christian Chaney, huge man, big front line guy, and very quick to be reactive when we started calling his name. Yes. And I caught on to that real fast. So middle of the second half. There was a, a, a spar in front of the net like there always is in, in, in Bobcats games. If you listen to the Knights who say Nisa, you hear them say every game ends in chippiness. Um, and Christian Chaney came away from the pile yelling about having something on his kit. He said, and I, I, I'll quote him, there's a loogie on my chest. And me being an a-hole – I wanted to talk about that, and I yelled back at him. The following day, the Bobcats released a statement saying that a player had been released due to his on-field choices. We'll say choices. His on-field issues um, due to something that occurred in the force game in the second half. Um, I immediately thought, oh, Maybe I was wrong to taunt Christian Cheney. We didn't realize there was a spitting incident. We were in the stadium. It it did not look like a spitting incident from where we were sitting at all. From. It looks like there was an incident. Um, And I have to say, I heard some chatter, but it didn't seem like anything real. And at the end of the game, we noticed and you noticed and James noticed a couple of Maryland players went to the L.A. sideline. And there was conversation. It didn't seem nasty. It didn't seem like a fight was brewing. But Christian Cheney was still very heated. He was very frustrated and he wanted to go back across the field at, and I'm not going to say the player's name, the person who had supposedly spit on him. 
And now that time has passed, it seems like that happened. And that's horrible. Um, that has no place in the professional game. Especially considering the pandemic. I mean, <laughs> spinning the, was never good. Considering the cultural aspect of it, I have some friends who are of differing cultures from mine. Um, I have a, a co-worker that, that comes from an African background, and he said spitting is, is just atrocious. In my head, I mean, I didn't, I've never thought to spit on somebody. I've never had somebody spit on me. It's never crossed my mind. Right, right. Not a spitter. Except that's big. Huh. That's a big deal. And very much so. So I definitely, and I applaud the Bobcats in a, in a world where we're hearing about disparate disparities in the women's soccer leagues and racism in in clubs all around the world that they said, you know what? We're dealing with this in house. We're not going to let the league decide. We're not going to let LA force show up. We're not going to let any of this happen. We're done. See ya. Have a great day. And the, the player who committed that atrocity doesn't mean he's a terrible person, but he made a horrible choice. Right. And at the end of the game, you make a horrible choice. You pay the price. Yeah. I mean, it, there's just no place for that in the professional game, which is what the club yeah. is trying to be. So it was what, tough. It was tough. What stood out to me with that is a couple of weeks ago, there was an issue with the 19 with San Diego 1904, where a player threw a racial slur at another player. That player was red carded, taken off the field and terminated within 24 hours. Misa did their job. The club did their job. The independent soccer league did their job. And that's key to growing the game and allowing it to be a respectful place where clubs can grow. Now, fast forward to the last couple of days. Anyone who loves lower league soccer has heard about Detroit City FC leaving and going to USL. Championship, too, which is quite a leap. Division two. I mean, I have an affinity for USL. I I can't lie. I know it's still a close league, sort of like the MLS, but I love that it brings in these smaller sized cities with real supporters groups, building soccer in a grassroots sort of way, in my opinion. I can't fault them for moving at all. all. And the DCFC was at the top of the league. Like that's, at the end of the day, that's the relegation pro- promotion system. They got promoted. They 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 promoted themselves. Don't get me wrong, but they got promoted. First time and, in U.S. history. And hopefully, clubs take their place, whether it be skill wise or supporter wise, or just fill the empty void that is that hole where that schedule fill, needs filling. Then. As you know, Nisa decided to release a statement where they essentially had a tantrum. Whoever wrote that and then published it and handed it to their boss who didn't think anything of it, who then published that. So bad. That was terrible. I almost want to read it. And as much as anyone can say, the NGS, the NGS, the Northern Guard, they're, they're devoted fans. They 
for years now have gone after teams like Oakland Roots, PDX that moved up and said, you're not independent teams. You're just going with the flow. You're just doing it for your own money. Now they're moving to USL championship. It doesn't mean that they're that the thing they said they dislike. They never deserve the approach that Nisa took. Now, there were some comments in that post where Nisa mentioned that DCFC had signed off for 2022, and now their name is also on USL. So does that affect them monetarily? Does this issue take down Nisa League Soccer? Uh, I, don't I hope not. The- I hope not because I, I think what they're doing with Nisa Nation and, and setting up kind of this lower level feeder system, I, I think Nisa has aspirations beyond Detroit City. We'll see the league again this year. We'll see what happens in, in three, five years with the league. And I, I would say online, they seem to generate a good amount of hype. But oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, so we're at 53 minutes. Is that we're usually an hour on Rooster yeah. and the Devil. I like you. We could talk for hours about soccer, it seems. So you're welcome anytime. Yeah, uh, it's usually me and then two guys from Michigan who are actually Detroit City FC guys. Oh, like, like not, not they're they're really on the west side <laughs> of the state, but they're good dudes. Good dudes. I'd love to talk. I'd love to talk. Kid Rock and Detroit City with them. Uh, yes, yes. Tuck Bell's beer and uh, Founders. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, Grand Rapids is a wonderful place. I'll break, I'll break the Oberon out of the fridge. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we end with rants, though. So, so really, anything on your mind at all, you have a chance to just air it out. And I know I'm not giving you much time, so I can go first if you want. But if you have something that just jumps in your mind that you automatically want to rant about anything soccer related at all. Greg Berhalter. Yes. <laughs> so in the past month, this man has made me tremendously happy and incredibly frustrated. The incredible frustration. Was it Weston McKinney who was sent home for breaking COVID protocol? And in the same day, Greg Berhalter took a run through town where they were playing maskless through the city blocks. Albeit he was outside and in a safe situation to blast one player and then essentially do the same general swipe was frustrating. The lack of change from game to game when it's not working was so frustrating in the past in whatever his tenure has been. What's it been a year and a half that he's been in charge? I think it's longer than that now. I, I have yeah. to look, but I think it's in a couple his tenure, he's done that. a lot of leaving it the same. But I'm going to be real with you. As much as he frustrates me, I'm seeing some of the cleanest and most aggressive U.S men's national team soccer play I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, we're coming off the Mexico game too. So it looked freaking last night was pristine. was pristine. Other thing I want to rant about, especially my other rant and I'll, and I'll let you like it. Yeah. Keep firing, man. Why the hell do we need fancy lights and flashing stadiums to get people to show up to soccer games in the United States? I don't know. I loved the excitement of last night's soccer match, USA, Mexico, slobber knocker, knockout drag, let's go. 
why did we need a pregame light show? Why did we need when the ball went in the net? Why did the light banks have to flip? USA, man. Like that frustrates me. But I also think, like we said before, to quote Ted Lasso, be a goldfish. I think a lot of U.S. fans in sports, we've been trained to be goldfish. We've been trained to expect explosions and fanfare and confetti and all this billionaire owners. Yeah. Like just give me good, clean, aggressive soccer. Give me VAR throughout the entire world cup qualifiers. You need it in CONCACAF. You need that shit in CONCACAF. If FIFA says, we can't offer it during the qualifiers because not every country that's playing can uh, can pay for it. Then FIFA should pay for it. Yes, with how much that money they're federation making. Federation has the money. Yeah, and, and CONCACAF is getting more important too. Pony yeah, up. It, put the money out because to say, oh well, these qualifiers are going to go by, and w- whatever his name is from last night can get clawed in the face. Yeah, Aronson. In January, we're going to start playing with VAR. That's a joke. Yeah. It's yeah like that, do you think that would have been red? You think that would have been red VAR? I think it so, right? Send off. Right. It's got to be. Clawed him. Clawed him. And, and all the stuff on Twitter of, oh, the ref couldn't see it. The ref was literally there picking him up when it happened. I mean, VAR could see that. Why don't you just get VAR, you freaks? Yeah. 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 That's uh, my It's an amazing rant. And I, I'm going to have one too. I'm just going to read Nisa's response to <laughs> Detroit City departure request because I pulled it's it up. There, Chicago, November 9, 2021. The National Independent Soccer Association confirms Detroit City FC's request to depart the league. They are a quality organization that we wish well. If they respect the legal agreements and obligations the league and the member clubs have forged together. Announcing the jump before the season's end and not fulfilling its commitment to the 2022 season brings into question sporting integrity. Also, it should be the baseline that USSF ensures that order, not chaos, exists in the U.S. system. NISA, NISA Nation, and NISA affiliates believe in the mission of creating a true open system based on merit. As a result of these efforts, we have four great new independent clubs taking to the pitch this spring and many more communities will see their independent clubs and players fulfill their dreams of completing the path to pro. It is surprising that Detroit City, a historically stalwart supporter of the open city, has chosen franchise over club, closed over open. NISA has many great storylines to carry us into 2022 and beyond. These are our focus as we continue to champion independent American soccer. Too strong on on Detroit City. But also, like, I can't figure out where their frustration is. Like, listening to that, I can't figure out where their their brain is at. Because we've got – we've got them saying Detroit City broke their sporting integrity – and then they turn it into because of this, we have four new clubs coming into the league. Like it's almost like they took this really long essay they wrote and then just cut giant chunks out of it. Yeah, it's true. Here's this Frankenstein of a post. Let's do it. 
all they needed to do is say, we thank Detroit city for being part of NISA. It was great to have yeah. your supporter group for this year. We wish you luck in the, in the future. Yeah. And then you could pivot maybe to new or just leave it at that. And then introduce the new clubs at a different time in a different press yeah. release. Like Godspeed. <laughs> have a great time. Good luck. We wish you the best of luck. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's all. 